Hoops with Book and Sheed, after a few week hiatus, is back. Sheed, how does it feel? Feels good. Um, feels bad to be a Celtics fan, but you know I'm excited for the playoffs, non Celtics division. Honestly, it's probably a good thing that Jalen Brown got hurt. Like that's going to save you so much concern and elevated blood pressure. Oh, for sure. I was talking to stuff I was talking to, but I was saying that like it honestly feels like a weight's been lifted off my shoulders. Like we can just like lose in the first round or even losing the play in. I'll be fine losing the play and maybe get some, you know, ping pong balls for the lottery. Um, and I-, I will feel no stress about it. And that's, that's fine. We had, we had a nice 12 point loss Celtics did to the Cavs tonight and I feel good about it. So, um, you know, I'm excited for the, the rest of the playoffs though. Honestly, it should be great, especially in the Western conference. Yeah, definitely. Well, for your uh, mental and physical health, I am uh, happy for you. Uh, so we've been on a bit of a hiatus. I think the first week or so is because we are still in the doldrums of the season. The last two weeks I've been quite busy with work, but, um, here we are back to talk about the awards. So we're going to, we're going to save a conversation for like playoff seating and, and previews maybe till later this week or something. But, uh, it's that time of year where everyone gets to argue over who should be fourth versus fifth in their MVP ballots. So we're going to give you guys the pleasure of listening to us talk about, um, yeah, the, the end of season awards. Let's do it. Um, you want to start with MVP? Yeah, let's. Uh, I don't know. You think we should should start with the uh, with the big one or kind of build up to that? We'll start with it. Okay. Um, should we go like pick by pick? I guess I'll just go through my five, and then you can go through your five, and then we can just discuss generally. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good because I think there are some things that we're we're gonna agree on, and others where we can have more of a discussion. Yeah. All right. Uh, I have Jokic one, uh, Steph two, Giannis three and bead four, uh, and CP three, five on my MVP ballot. Wow. The dark horse point God coming in at fifth. Yeah. Oh um, God. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So uh, I'll give you mine and then we can kind of go back and forth on, on what we saw here. So I also had Jokic one and Steph two. I had him bead at three, uh, Giannis at four and then Luca at five. Yeah, I mean, Luca makes sense, too. Um, I guess before we get into the, the CP3 uh, Luca <laughs> conversation, uh, we should probably talk a little bit about um, Jokic and, and, and then Steph. Um, there's been a lot of discourse about the MVP, um, and I'm not really sure. I understand, like, talking heads want to talk about it, but, like, I don't think it's particularly close. Like, Jokic has been, like, the best player in the NBA, and, like, he also has like played, been very durable and played a lot of games and elevated his team, which has been super injured to the fourth seed in the West. So like to me, I think there's very little argument um, against it. Um, but what do you think? Yeah. I mean, he's averaging 27 points, 11 rebounds and eight assists as a center. Uh, you know, his team is like you said, fourth seed in the West in spite of injuries He's played every single game. I think in all of the advanced metrics, he's leaps and bounds above all other players. I think the only guys in my book that would have really had any kind of a chance at Jokic would have potentially been LeBron if he played the whole year because 
his team would have been so good and the media loves LeBron uh, or Embiid because he's having like a really, really good season on the offensive end and he's an amazing defender. But because both of those guys have played so many fewer games, I don't think anyone really had much of a chance when it came to the end of the year. Yeah, and I might even argue that Embiid like may have been better like per game than than Jokic has been, but like it's just hard to overcome the whatever twenty games less than Embiid's played compared to Jokic. Um, so to me, it's it, it's very little um, debate there. And then for you know number two, we both have Steph. Um, I guess Steph potentially could have been number one if like they didn't make him pay, play with James Wiseman for three quarters of the year, <laughs> um, but. He's just been so good, especially lately, and 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 they're just so their supporting cast is just so bad. And like when he's off the floor, it's such a disaster. Like he's so clearly just like the only one who can generate any offense for them. Like they're they're good defensively, but like without him on the court, it's just there's nothing there. And like you watch games and down the stretch, like teams are like triple teaming him. So like very clearly, like there's other stats outside of his counting stats, like his gravity per se, that like are contributing to the Warriors being successful as well yeah he's been pretty unbelievable I mean 33 years old and he's gonna lead the league in scoring in spite of being like six foot three 185 pounds uh is pretty amazing yeah um and then uh quickly in the three versus four we both have Embiid and Giannis um I have Giannis uh you have Embiid um you know I think it's interesting like Giannis is having like basically the same year he had last year like maybe a little better even a little more efficient um less less rebounds i guess but like uh he he's having an amazing year and it's just like milwaukee's a slightly less good regular season a lot of that is because like they're trying new things on defense and they're not just trying to play their style and wipe everyone out like they had before Mm -hmm. um but i you know i understand that there's there's voter fatigue and like no one really wants Giannis to win a third straight time. And I, I get that, but I do think like, we're sort of overlooking how good he's been uh, this year. He's averaging 28, 11 and six assists. Um, and last year he was averaging, I guess, 29 and a half, uh, 13 and a half and five and five and a half assists. So, I mean, a little more points, but like efficiency wise, he's slightly better than he was last year. And, you know, he's down like a, a point and like two rebounds and he's up half an assist. So I don't think it's like super different. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, I just like, – Giannis obviously continues to be very good. I would say I didn't have him higher for two reasons. One, his team isn't as good. Like, Embiid's team is better. Uh, and second, after the playoffs, I just have trouble elevating him too high. And maybe that's not the right way to evaluate the award because it's a regular season award. But there's just too much of a bad taste in my mouth. One question that I have for you as I was thinking about this is, Whose supporting cast do you think is better? Like, if you swapped Embiid and Giannis, like, which team is better? Um, I kind of think the Bucks supporting cast is better. I mean, you could probably say that the Sixers is a little deeper. Yeah, it's like it, it like like but like the middle, Sixers roster would, would make I would, like, I would probably take, would make no sense, right? With like with Giannis on it, like I mean, like it's kind of weird, like quality of player. Like, I don't know, like Middleton versus uh, Ben Simmons. I'd probably rather Middleton, but it's kind of close. And then obviously Drew Holiday is better, but like, you know, maybe 
yeah, I mean, I, I think the Bucks roster is probably better while like, the, the Sixers have more like depth. Yeah, that seems right. Um, all right, tell me about CP3 at fifth. I don't know. I mean, I, this is kind of like a non-statistics play. Like, uh, I mean, he's having a good year, obviously, but like, but like he's clearly elevated them and he makes all the big plays in the fourth quarter. And like, they're the two seed in the West. And I think to some degrees, like statistically, Devin Booker's been like a little disappointing this year. Um, and like Aiden's been fine, but not great. It's like really been on the backs of Mikhail Bridges' improvement and, you know, having CP three join the roster that they've, they've been so good. And so I don't know. I just think he deserves that kind of accolade. And I, it, I know it's not, he's not putting up crazy stats or anything, but like, He's very clearly the leader of the team, like the guy they trust on the stretch, and like that's super important. Yeah, I I honestly don't hate the pick. I mean, I think it's a little bit of a career achievement award, and I would, I, I don't know. It's like I, as much as I think Chris Paul really elevated the Suns, he still also joined like a team that was a very good fit for him in that. You know, there's like a good off-ball scorer. There's a good big man. There's good wing defender. Um, it's not like he, you know, has total crap around him. Like if you traded Steph Curry and Chris Paul, I feel like the Warriors would be pretty terrible, but the Suns would probably be about as good, if not better. Um, so there's that. Um but yeah, I mean, I guess for me having Luca at fifth, uh, I feel like the Mavs are like not good at all if they don't have Luca, and he's kind of dragged them in spite of all the COVID stuff to, you know, be fifth or sixth in the West, and he's averaging twenty-eight, eight, and nine. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll pause there. Yeah, I mean, I totally get it. Like, it's one of those things where it's like I I think Luca's more important to like. I guess he's probably more important to the Mavs than CP3 is to the Suns, obviously. But, like, the Suns are also, like, have had a way better season than the Mavs had, had, you know? Like, I guess, like, that's sort of the difference, right? I mean, would you rather be the guy propping up the team that's going to be, you know, the five or six seed, not that the Mavs had a bad year, or, you know, the leader of the team, but, you know, a deeper team that's going to finish presumably second um, in the West? Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. I'll, I'll, I would, yeah, it's, it's good rationale. Um, I don't know. I feel like all of this stuff is so subjective. Like that's why I find these conversations somewhat silly. Um, but you know, gotta, gotta give the people what they want. Yeah. Yeah. You want to fight about it? I'm MVP. Um, I don't think we're good enough at debating to be on uh, first take or whatever. No, uh, I do have a question for you. Who would yeah. be your least valuable player in the NBA? In the entire NBA, it's gotta be Not like someone. Like, gotta be someone who's like playing a lot of minutes, right? And like yeah. playing very badly. It was like probably Russ for like the first like six weeks of the season. <laughs> um, it's a great it's question. So have I have I ever explained to you the fact that me, Tommy, Patrick, and Brian have the Wizards over on the year? It's going to be really tight. Yeah, they blew the last two games to the Hawks. All they needed to do is go two and two against Hawks, Hawks, Cavs, Hornets. They blew two straight games to the Hawks. Now they I mean, have to beat Bradley Beal's been out. I know. 
Uh, LVP. Um, God, I have no idea. Uh, James Wiseman. That's a decent pick. It's kind of rude to give it to a rookie, but like they're so much better without him. Yeah, I think I would probably go with Marvin Bagley. Yeah. He's been hurt a lot though. That's that's tough for your LVP case. That's true. Hasn't played as many games. Yeah. All right. What wanna go want to do defensive player of the year? Yep. Let's do it. All right, I got Gobert one, Embiid two, Draymond three. That's about as mainstream of a ballot as they come, Sheed. But I just think you kind of have to be a big man to be defensive player of the year. And, like, I don't know. Very clearly, Gobert and Embiid are the two best big men in defense. So, doesn't seem that complicated. Yeah. So, I actually had Embiid one, Gobert two, and Ben Simmons at three. Um so I went with Embiid one because sometimes Gobert just doesn't pass the eye test. Like Embiid absolutely big dogs Gobert when he plays against them. But like Embiid big dogs everybody. Yeah, I just think Embiid is like, I don't know, maybe night in, night out, Gobert is like a better defender. But when Embiid turns it up, like he's just incredible. And I'm kind of sick of Gobert winning the award. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. He's like, and then Ben Simmons, I think because of his versatility, I gave him the nod here. Like, he can kind of cover, like, one through five and can shut down, like, Dame one night and then maybe not shut down but do a really good job defending, like, Kawhi or LeBron the next night. And I don't know. In today's day and age, um, I think that's especially important. Yeah, I mean, that's completely fair. Um, I just had Draymond because I thought, I don't know. He's looked. I mean, it's probably recency bias too. Like he's looked really good recently defensively, and like very clearly, he has this level that he can reach. And we'll see what he does in the playoffs or the playing. But um, I just thought he's 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 played very well, so that's why I picked him. But I I mean I think Simmons is definitely a fair fair answer for number three. Yeah, I will say I think Draymond is one of the most fun players to watch on the defensive end, um, just because he's like such a smart, heady player, and he's like all over the place. Um, I certainly enjoy watching him and uh, try to model my game on the defensive end after Draymond's. Yeah. Goes to show you don't have to be a super crazy athlete or seven feet tall to be one of the best defenders in the NBA. You have to be very, very, very smart with good lateral athleticism and have very, very long arms. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right. That's all I have on defense play of the year. Defense play of the year is boring. Like I don't, it's like don't want to talk about defense in that much time, you know? You know who I thought about putting on my ballot? Who? Yes. Uh, oh, you're a Pistons fan. You probably were like Isaiah Stewart. No, I did not put Beef Stew on my ballot. <laughs> um, I don't even know who else. The one and only Lugens Dort. Oh, yeah. Dort's good, man. He's a good defender, but it's just like hard to be like a guard defender and be that impactful. Also, I don't know what was a better buy, my Lou Dort stock or uh, the Ethereum that I bought a while ago. Yeah. Probably the Ethereum. Little crypto, little crypto crossover for the people. Yeah. Yeah. Crypto crossover. Um, 
I mean, probably the Ethereum since you're actually financially benefiting from it as opposed to your Lou Dort stock, which involves Washington Thunder play, which isn't necessarily the most fun thing to do in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. At this point, the Ethereum is just a bunch of digital points. But uh, anyways, let's move on. Six man of the year. Yeah. Uh, I have Joe Ingles one, Thaddeus Young two, Jalen Brunson three. So why are you leaving Jordan Clarkson, who's averaging 19 points and I think is like the very much proverbial betting favorite off your ballot? Because he's just like an inefficient scorer. And like I, I reject the premise that we should just give six man of the year to the guy who comes to the bench and scores the most points, whether or not they're like particularly efficient at doing it or contributing to winning. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, what I will say is, and I'm stealing this from some podcast I listened to recently, uh, hand up like there is something to being able to get tough buckets especially on a second unit which I think Clarkson does but yeah generally I agree with the premise I also had Ingles one um, I really like the way that Joe Ingles plays like he's the consummate glue guy he's a good defender I think he is like someone is he like close to setting the record for true shooting or something I mean he's shooting 60% from two and sorry shooting uh He's shooting 60% from two and 46% from three for a true shooting of 66%. So that's really good. Yeah, that's insane. Um, so I had Ingles one. I had Clarkson two just because he's been such a good scorer off the bench. And then uh, former Pistons legend Derek Rose, three. He's having an unbelievable year. Like crazy good. It's wild. Um, I want to wax poetic about Thaddeus Young here for a second. He's averaging 12, 6, and 4 assists, 4.3 assists. His previous career high in assists uh, was was 2.5. So um, it's pretty wild. Um, it's pretty wild that he's playing this well. And, like, he coming off the bench was, like, pretty much, like, one of the main reasons outside of Zach Levine that, like, the Bulls were competitive in the beginning part of the year. And then, unfortunately, uh, Levine got – COVID and they traded for Vooch and it hasn't really worked out, but like they were playing pretty well during a stretch in the middle of the season. And Thaddeus Young was like a main reason why. And so I just wanted to call him out because I nice to see him playing so well at age 32. Yeah, no, I, uh, I appreciate you saying all that. Um, that being said, like the bulls are 11th in the East. So uh, yeah, I would not vote for Thaddeus Young. I, I didn't know six, six man had to like, be on a winning team it's not like the mvp you want him to contribute to winning which i guess you just he is the case for why he has but they still stink yeah but like if we put him on you're saying you're saying his daddy's having put up the same numbers but like he was just playing on the calves instead of the bulls that would be a better case for him even if he contributed less winning on the cat on the sorry on the clippers not the calves sorry i'm gonna say the calves stink yeah um i don't know it's probably just more semantics yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to be fair here, and you're trying to follow the narrative. Yeah, yeah, you know that, that I feel like that would be a decent tagline for this podcast. <laughs> I just call it how I see it. Right. Yeah, uh, that's fair. You're straight shooter, Sheed. Yeah, and lastly, I want to talk about Jalen Brunson briefly because I see third in my ballot. It's like a very, very good year, shooting 52, 39.8, 80, and averaging 12 and a half three and a half and three and a half that's pretty oh. good 
Yeah. I saw, I I heard that he's shooting like 70% at the rim, which for like a 6-1 relatively groundbound guy is pretty amazing. Very strong. A little bit beefy guard. He is. He's thick. I remember when he was at Nova, he used to like take guys into the post and just go to work. Yeah, it's sick. I like I like point guards who post up. Yeah. Um, so he's having a great year, um, contributing to winning. And, you know, he's probably been like one of the Mavs' most consistent players. Like, I guess him and Luca and Dorian Finney Smith, I guess, right? Like, everyone else has been like in and out of the lineup or like, you know, hitting or missing shooting and stuff. So, yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, I, I would certainly give Jalen Brownson some kudos. Uh, I don't really have much else to say on six man of the year. Yeah, I mean, I like the concept of a sixth man. You say you like the, the concept of a sixth man? Yeah, like if I were a coach, I would definitely like not necessarily start my five best players. That's what I'm saying to you. Is that why I came off the bench when uh, you coached the classics? Exactly. Smart. Yeah. Although, honestly, I probably would have been like a better like fifth starter type of player because I don't really need the ball in my hands, you know, get rebounds, hustle, yeah. play good defense. Yeah. Um, a good you, really, you, you really are like a, like a real gritty player. Thank you, Sheet. I appreciate that. Yeah. Can you tell my dad that if you ever meet him? I've met your dad. So, yeah, that's true. If you but see him again. Can I you feel like it'd be that? weird for me to tell your dad that you're a real gritty player. I think that would make him really proud. All right. My dad used to always tell me to box out. That was like his main <laughs> advice to me, which is a fair advice. People don't box out enough in basketball. Yeah. Oh, I have a trivia question. Ah, I'll save it for the end. Okay. Um, all right. Should we do most improved? <laughs> Let's do most improved. This one I'm actually kind of excited to talk about because, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. I have Julius Randle one. I have a bead too. I really feel like he's gotten a lot better and like, taking his game to a whole new level and like well it maybe hasn't been like the biggest jump like it's one of the most important jumps right and then i have zion third here i don't know if that's really allowed like he was kind of hurt a lot and like everyone gets better from the rookie year to their sophomore year so i don't really know if that's a thing but he's been so good uh, so i said zion third yeah i like that ballot honestly um i appreciate you going against the narrative with both Embiid and zion um the thing with Zion that I have appreciated is uh, he is a little bit different of a player than he was last year. Like they're putting the ball in his hands a lot more, especially the second half of the season. And I think he's really blossomed in that role. Uh, and he's just, he's just like a human battering ram. Like he's kind of unstoppable if he catches the ball within like 15 feet of the basket, like with a head of steam. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's ridiculous for me. So I also had Julius Randall at one. Uh, which you should probably wax poetic about Julius Randle before I get to two and three, since we both had him at one. I mean, Julius Randle is ridiculous. Like, he hits absurd shots. And, like, the Knicks are making the playoffs, which is amazing. But, like, the they have, have, they the have horrible have like, spacing. They have almost the same record as the Lakers. They have horrendous spacing. Like, and... Their offense is not particularly good. I think they're like 28th in the league or something. But like the fact that they even made it 20th in the league is like incredible. Like Julius Randle is like consistently like shooting like contested step back jumpers, threes, etc. Like his shot quality has gotten so much harder year over year. And he's like 
putting up really good numbers. Like he's averaging 24, 10, and six assists, and he's shooting 42% from three. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, the, the three-point shooting and the assists is what really impresses me and I think like locks him for this award. Um, what's funny is once upon a time, I said uh, Zion is just a more athletic version of Julius Randle, and it turns out that that's like basically true. I mean, but then Julius Randle became like a jump shooter. Yeah, like, he gets no shot. Like he takes so few shots at the rim now because like there's just always a center like at the rim and like no one's guarding Alfred Payton or whatever. <laughs> Who's better, Prime Carl Malone or Julius Randle? <laughs> I think I think Prime Carl Malone, but I I uh, I was, you know, not old enough to to I'm not old enough to to speak on that. If Aiden was here, he would have loved that question. Yeah. He's a big proponent of the, like, guys 30 years ago sucked. Yeah. Prime Carl Malone was not a good guy, though. So, Julius Randle is probably a better person than Prime Carl Malone is. So, good for him. Really? What's the story there? What did he do? He's just mean? No. uh, You know, there's some underage girls stuff. That is not good. No. That's very bad. No, very bad. All right. Um, back to my ballot. Uh, bet, so you didn't ex- bet, you, bet you didn't expect to hear that on this pod. I did not. Um, do you want to do a drum roll for who I have second on this? I don't know if I can do a drum roll close enough to my. Yeah, I heard a little bit. Uh, the one and only Michael Porter Jr. Wow. Would, would you like to say that you were wrong and I was right about Michael Porter Jr.? I never lost faith in MPJ. I know I really rubbed it in your face. I'm a, I think I texted you about it. Like there was a there was a Nuggets Celtics game and MPJ was horrible in like February, and I like rubbed it in your face. And since then, basically, he's been amazing. Yeah, I mean, he's averaging like 20 points. Uh, I'm trying to pull it up right now. My Wi-Fi is pretty slow. Michael, uh, you want to help me out here, Sheed? Yeah, you want MPJ stats? Yeah. Should I have this ready? You really should have. I'm pulling 19 right points, now. seven rebounds, only one assist, which you don't love to see. Not but when you're passer. playing with Jokic, I feel like nobody has any assists. I mean, not a big passer. Yeah, but uh, very much improved. He's also like a decent defender now, and he's a really good rebounder. He's shooting 45% from three. Yeah, and he's 6'10". Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to – I'm going to enjoy that one. Uh, And then third, I have the one and only – I guess I said the same thing for MPJ. Jeremy Grant. I mean, Um, they are both the only Michael Porter Jr. and Jeremy Grants that I've heard of, so. Yeah. I mean, Jeremy Grant went from, you know, being the fourth or fifth best player on a Nuggets team to averaging 23 points for the Detroit Pistons and being kind of the focal point of their offense before he got hurt, uh, which thankfully he did so that the Pistons could lose a bunch of games and hopefully get a better draft pick. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Jeremy Grant, like on a 20 million a year deals, like sneaky a treat. And honestly, he might get, paid after this one too yeah i mean he definitely had a great start to the year and 
truthfully, I haven't watched much Pistons since the All-Star break, I would say. And I know he hasn't played a ton, but um, I feel like he had a ton of early buzz. And, like, since the Pistons have been just kind of, like, you know, riding it out slowly to the end of the year, like, there hasn't been much there. But he definitely was, like, the early candidate for this. And I think he has gotten better and had a nice year. So, shout out to Jeremy Grant. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have anything else on these awards. I do have a trivia question for you. Well, to the trivia question, and this could be a shorter pod, and then we can dive into the playoffs later this weekend or early next week. So, our good friend, Russell Westbrook, recently set the record for career triple doubles. Mm-hmm. 182 triple doubles. What do you think is Russell Westbrook's team's record in games where he has a triple double? Like, I would guess good, not great. So, like, if you think the Wizards are probably pretty average in his triple doubles this year, the the Thunder were probably pretty average in his one year. We had a bunch of them. But I'd imagine they were pretty good in the games he had triples with KD and I'd imagine that the Rockets are pretty good in triple double games. So I'll say they are, it's 182. Yeah. I'll say they are 109 and 73. It's actually pretty good, but shockingly 136 and 46. Wow. That's better than I thought. I guess I should have realized that like basically every year, except this year in the year he was by himself on the Thunder, they were probably really, really, really good. So I probably should have thought of that. Yeah, but even against the spread, 118, 63, and 1. Interesting. So for all the Russell Westbrook triple-double haters, my man's just going out there and eating Ws when he gets triple-doubles. Jameis Winston style. Exactly. Florida State cinnamon rolls. Wow. Um, anything else, Sheed? Anything else we should discuss? Mm. I'm looking forward to playoffs. I don't know. Um, I'm really interested to see in the West where the Lakers end up and where the Clippers end up and everything. And um, I kind of want Lakers Clippers first round, pure chaos. Is that a hot take? Mm. I mean, it's mostly because I hate the Lakers. I want them to lose. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think it's that hot of a take. Honestly, I'm really excited for it as well. I think, honestly, I'm going to be rooting for the Suns. Go Suns. Your Suns. Go Mavs. Yeah, go, go Mavs. Go Suns. Go Bucks. You know, go Bucks. Yeah. Look, we don't want the Nets to win. We definitely don't want the Sixers to win. <laughs> so you're kind of stuck in the East. Uh, I don't know. But yeah. The Sixers winning would be really annoying, um, but also slightly entertaining. Like it would almost the Sixers fans would almost be so insufferable that it would be entertaining. Does that no. make sense? That would I've I've had a non-stressful. I'm not. I'm having. A, I've had a non-stressful last two and a half days since Jalen Brown was announced down for the year, and I the Sixers being really good and like making the finals would, would make my life more stressful again. Cause I just can't, I, I don't want to deal with that. I don't need that. I don't need them being happy in my life. Yeah, that's fair. Would you rather 
the Sixers win the championship or the Eagles win another Super Bowl? For sure, the Eagles win another Super Bowl. I don't really care that much about the Eagles. I guess it's probably because they're in a different conference than the Pats, but, like, I don't like the Eagles, obviously, but, like, I, I can't deal with the process kind of working. You know what I mean? I mean, the process fully worked. Yeah, but, like, I don't need that to be, like, full, fully acknowledged the truth. That's true. You wouldn't listen to uh, the rights to Ricky Sanchez? No, I, I haven't listened in a long time. I was listening all the time when they were super sad when the Celtics swept them and stuff, and I haven't listened a long time, but don't worry. If the Sixers bow out, <laughs> I will be listening to the I will listen to the immediate aftermath episode of the Rice Ricky Sanchez. Uh I feel like they probably have a lot less to complain about now that Daryl Morey's around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they do, but I need them to lose. I need Philadelphia is a city of losers. I need them to continue to be that way. There's a couple of Philly fans who listen to this podcast sheet and you're not making yourself any friends. I, I don't want to be friends with them. <laughs> All right. Maybe we should end it here before we lose uh, <laughs> two of our loyal listeners. Well, <laughs> one loyal listener and one mediocrely loyal listener. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll talk again later this week weekend about, um, you know, playing tournament and playoffs and stuff. Sounds great. Thanks for the time, Sheed. All right. Bye. See ya.